Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's 2 p.m. in Memphis. Giannato and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence. Live on Memphis's sports station. 92.9 FM ESPN. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Giannotto and Jeffrey Show. Coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter at jwright929ESPN. Dennis Fuller's producing the program for us. Glad that he is with us. Sitting across from me is the Commercial Appeals lead sports columnist, the lead sports columnist, the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee, a top three sports columnist in the state of Tennessee, barely. Tied for eighth, best sports columnist in the United States of America. He's on Twitter, at MGNato. Mark, good day, sir. Jeffrey, it's good to be back in studio. Good to be off the golf course. I love covering whatever. It's called the FedEx St. Jude Championship now. It's just the golf tournament, yes. right? Again, yes. It's changed names so many times now at this point. I know it's now a playoff event and all that cool jazz, but it's the golf tournament, and... Um, I love it. Great civic event. I feel like it's the uh, the event because you're just it's so long. It's like a, you know four or five days essentially, or like you know six days out there ultimately if you're covering the whole week, um, or five days, and you end up seeing so many people around the community. It's like it's the it's it's a great event in that regard. You know, it's a re- really great well, community it, it, event it sets up for it because it's a lot of walking around yes. it's not like you know there's no assigned seats you just you know you can so you end up interacting with a lot of people and I, that's why i love about it it's like it's why i love memphis in may i know you know i love barbecue fest no it's another good you people know? watching event i agree yeah and so um but when it's over when you're covering it, you're like, uh, I'm glad it's over. It's always uh, a long way. <laughs> I'm glad. It was, this is the perfect amount of time. Congratulations, Lucas Glover. Let's go home. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but uh, thank you for holding the holding the fort down solo there at times last week. Well, you're about to pay it back. Yeah. Well, this is a big, this big, big week for you. Well, hopefully next week's a big week for me. Okay. Well, it's any day now at this point. Yeah. I'm Kid really, number one, these are anxious moments. Really hoping... Next week is is the week. Um, we got another doctor's appointment coming up here in about an hour and fifteen. We'll know more then. Will you will you consider um, will you consider like that day? Will you remember what sporting event took place? Like I remember, for instance, when my first son was born, Memphis playing SMU in basketball that Saturday 
at FedEx Forum because I, I had to miss, you know, obviously I missed the game because my, my wife went into labor. And um, I identify, are you going to identify it with a sporting event? You going to connect it? Like my, my second son, born the night before Grizzlies opening night, also missed Grizzlies opening night a couple years ago. Because, you know, it was the day after my second son was born. Well, it's interesting you mentioned that because I was listening to a golf podcast and one of the guys was saying he will always think fondly of the Women's Open Championship because that's when his daughter was born. Yep. He remembers being at the – and then also, you know, the golf tournament's significant for my family because I ruined my dad's chance of playing with Peter Jacobson um, at the Pro-Am. Ooh. Yeah. Um, ooh. Yeah, so – and then like, I really ruined things because like my mom was in labor for like 18 hours. I don't know if your dad listens to show. You know would be a great birthday present for him one year? Get him one of those. Get a cameo message from Peter Jacobson. Well, he gave me a great birthday present because I was so difficult and my mom was in labor for like 18 hours. She eventually had to go under for the C-section. And so they were thinking about honoring her father and my dad's father. And I was staring at the name of like Horace Oliver, and because uh, because my mom was knocked out, my dad goes, "That'll be Jeffrey Robert Wright Jr." Oh, so uh, I, I pay him back each and every every birthday. That's a, that's a big win. I don't know. It's interesting because yeah, you've missed the golf tournament now. Kid will not be associated with the golf tournament. It's come and gone. Well, so, and, and like if everything goes to plan, it's going to be a Tuesday. Okay. So because like you know, for instance, today. If it came, if if she came today, it seems like it'd be a lot of James Harden talk. Yeah, would I think, like, would the, I think more the, fondly of James the, Harden. The moment, Jay, oh yeah, you were born the day James yeah. Harden called Daryl Morey a liar in China. Yeah, in China. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it's overreaction Monday. Maybe we can guess the day. Maybe that's that's what we should spend this week trying to figure out. What is the sporting event your uh, firstborn child I'm is going to be associated is, with? Is, August 22nd. Fingers crossed. <laughs> well, big start of a big week here on the Giannato and Jeffrey Show. It's overreaction Monday. We'll get to the uh, the big news of today. Actually, Jeffrey, you say James Harden, mm-hmm. but perhaps, Oh, that's a good point. Yo. Perhaps if the baby comes in the next, you know, 12 hours, 10 hours or so, it could be you know, the day Mike Lore sued uh, the two, he said, like, com- completely shattered uh, whatever uh, notion you had uh, about the blind side and that mm-hmm. uh, very... Uh, the day that a lot of Mother's Days were ruined <laughs> throughout the nationally. nation. It yes, appears nationally. appears in Memphis it's not as much yeah, of a shot. It appears in Memphis there's a lot of... <laughs> no, duh. Um, but we, it could be that. We'll get to that in overreaction Monday here in a second. Um, also the latest in conference realignment. Jason Munns will join us uh, at the uh, around 2.40 or so. Uh, Tiger basketball beat writer for the commercial. He was also out at uh, TPC Southwind. Maybe we'll get into some golf with him. I think we can call it TPC Swamp Ass now. <laughs> yes, TPC Swamp Ass. Um, we'll talk Tiger hoops and maybe some golf with Munns. 3 o'clock or so, we will get into the list. The AP Top 25 uh, poll is out. Uh, we had Jaron Versanti mm-hmm. yesterday in FIBA tune-up action. Are you – have you gotten comfortable with these games being on Fox? Like, obviously, Fox has college basketball, and so we've watched some college basketball. There's still a mental block for me with the international basketball, like watching NBA guys on Fox. Like, I, it takes me a minute. Yeah, but they do – don't they – they, they, they use round ball rock, or are they not using it? So, yesterday, I had it on side TV, okay. 
But I haven't Fox, I didn't watch yesterday. Fox so does it. use round ball rock for, for their, college. Correct. And I like it. I, even though it feels a little misplaced because it should be well, with it feels NBA. A little, it feels a little stolen valor, but I agree with you. It's, it's still nice it's, to hear it. I agree. hundred percent. It's like even, I don't even really care that they're ripping it off, like whatnot. It's like, yeah, I'm 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 with you. Yeah. Um so we'll do that. And then uh wrap things up. It was a big Big weekend of NFL preseason action. I didn't watch any of it, so I need you to get me and up to I date. I watched a ton of it. I need you to get me up to date with what happened in the NFL preseason uh, week one here. So we'll do that at the end of today's show, second hour. Um, all right, Jeffrey, let's get into this story. The big, I, I think nationally a bombshell, maybe locally um, still a bombshell that it's now like a big, huge national headline. Um but I guess if you talk, you know, talk to the right people in town, not a real uh, stunning uh, revelation. But well, let's we can, Michael Orr. We can recreate the phone call that you had for me about noon today. Yeah, uh, Michael Orr, uh, who's this is the ESPN story. Michael Orr, whose supposed adoption out of grinding poverty by a wealthy white family was immortalized in the 2009 movie The Blind Side. Petitioned By the way, a, not a lot of credit for the book. Yeah, petitioned a Tennessee court Monday with allegations that a central element of the story was a lie concocted by the family to enrich itself at his expense. It's a 14-page petition filed in Shelby County Probate Court, um, and it alleges that Sean and Leanne Tui, um, who took Orr into their home as a high school student at Briarcrest, never adopted him. Instead, Less than three months after Orr turned 18 in 2004, the petition says the couple tricked him into signing a document making them his conservators, conservators, which gave them legal authority to make business deals in his name. It further alleges this petition that the Tuies used their power as conservators to strike a deal that paid them and their two birth children millions of dollars in royalties from the Oscar-winning film that earned more than $300 million while Orr got nothing for a story, quote, that would not have existed without him. So, um, that's the that's the lead of it. Um, Michael Orr is saying, basically, he was tricked by the Tuies in the end. This story is not a fairy tale that was immortalized in a movie. And basically, this movie that made hundreds of millions of dollars, uh, I've seen not a not a dime from it, and it's time to pay up. Yes. Also, don't know if it's coincidental or not, but Mike's got a new book that's either coming out or is out. I know he's been doing making the book rounds. Um, again, could be coincidental. Not sure. Um, I think my first overreaction to the story is I think the blindside gravy train is up for the Tuies. <laughs> I think I think it I, might be. I think today might have ended the that gravy train and it was a hell of a run Mark oh I mean a really really good run I mean we're talking the book then the movie and God knows how many like speaking engagements I mean yeah. I mean I just I think at this point I think you're right. The local reaction for the most part was, yeah, no duh. And then the- I don't know if everyone locally, but it felt like here. Here's it felt it had the feel of the worst kept secret in town type of type of vibe is what what came off 
in terms of reaction you got. At the same time, no one has ever – it's never – like there have been instances correct. where Michael Orr has kind of distanced himself from the Tuies, but not like – not called the entire thing a farce like he is now and and called and and alleged sort of you know essentially nefarious things you know on their behalf you know yeah, alleging you that would, they were taking advantage of him and doing things purposefully that you know were taking again purposely taking advantage of him he's never alleged that before he's kind of alleged that he didn't like how he was portrayed, portrayed in the movie yeah. And like the story, you know, like he was a great athlete. He wasn't some like Correct. he wasn't some guy who needed to be taught how to play football. I will contend, as awesome as tackle Michael Orr was, high school basketball Michael Orr was awesome. But it does this whole story, and it's it's amazing how it is. If you go look back, like essentially this this happened what twenty years ago now at this point when Michael Orr was in high school. So that- Michael's senior year of football was. Michael's senior year of football was the 2004 season. He graduated in the spring of 05. So we're going on like 18, 19 years since this all went down. You know, probably 20 years since it all actually went down, where he was like, he moved it, whatever, started staying with the Tuies, yeah. went to Briarcrest, and then ended up staying with the Tuies. And in that 20 years, like everyone involved has been like, in some form or fashion, like exposed at this point because Hugh Freeze is also part of this story. He was the coach at Briarcrest Christian at that time. I would say ev- he's portrayed in the movie too. I would say everyone has been exposed, with the exception of one person. I whoever how Michael Lewis is keeping his name out of all of this is because he wrote the book and that that like and they that have, was his, he has a long history with Sean Tui. Well, it was that before or after Moneyball, the after, Blind Side after after, after? Okay. but it's before the Big Short. Gotcha. I don't know if there's a book in between Blindside. I don't know if there's a book in between Blindside and The Big Short. Gotcha. Well, you know, and so it's now at the same time, I would say. Actually, is that? Because Moneyball's the 03 season, right? I think this might be his first book. I'm not no, sure. No, no, no. The first book was another financial book. Gotcha. It was. It was the one about. Because he Michael Lewis was this, like a blindside. I feel like is the first time I heard of Michael Lewis. But regardless, um, this is a situation that has played out now for a long period of time. So Moneyball was before Moneyball was before the Blindside, and I would say two things. One, you know, not every Hollywood story is neat and tidy. Like for sure, <laughs> you know, we've talked about it on the show before. Like I covered the. T- the Remember the Titans high school pretty extensively early in my career, and they, like, combine different parts of different seasons to make that all Disney-fied for the movie and come together. And so that happens all the time with movies. So the fact that the movie maybe didn't portray things exactly the way they were, like, while maybe maybe you could say you wish movies were like that, that is it, it... Apparently, an accepted practice because it happens all the time. Yeah, I, I think that's more they, than that. Fair. They yes. take liberties with the with the story, um, but we've now also added this word of you know conservatorship. It's the same thing Britney Spears, Britney Spears is going yes. through right now. That's the only reason we know this term. I feel yeah, like I feel like this is the. I feel like I heard about Do it we, with Britney Spears, and so now I'm hearing it again with Michael Orr. I need to ask uh, for all of the thirty plus uh, females in the audience, all seven of you. <laughs> Do I now need to start the hashtag Free Big Mike? Free Big Mike? Yeah. 
Because the free Britney hashtag. Well, I, I think strong. it's I think it's hashtag pay Big Mike. Uh, that's a good point. <laughs> um, I think that's it does see. Is. There's a difference between a Tennessee conservatorship and a California conservatorship. Well, this well, it also feels like um, it feels like they haven't been constantly taking advantage of his name, image, likeness directly, like Britney's handlers have. It's that they basically he got no he got no cut of the movie deal, is what he's alleging, and they did build businesses off of the story. Like sure. they, you know, the 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 that's what he's alleging. Like foundations and and as you put it, motivational speaking type stuff that was all built off of this story that became, you know, and th- that that's what's amazing about this is that they're, you know, we're talking about here in Memphis as if like you know, well, yeah, you you know, like you figured this would something like this would happen at some point because the only thing that probably was keeping it from being like widely, ex- you know, publicly, you know, out there that this was maybe not so neat and tidy, is the fact that Michael Orr had not come out and said directly, hey, like, this story is a lie. And today, with this lawsuit, that's what he did. And um, that's what's changed. And so, um, but it's interesting in the sense that I bet nationally this is a real shock. Like, you know, like, what's Sandra Bullock thinking right now? She She won an Oscar for portraying Leanne Tui a certain way. And now... The story might be completely different than what, you know, Hollywood thought. My thought is she's probably going, I still got a statue. (laughs) It is her only one, right? I don't think she's won another one. I think she's probably okay with it. (laughs) But, you know, we'll see. It's it's unfortunate, though. It's not the neat and tidy story that we all... thought it was it just isn't it that's whether whether Michael Orr is right or wrong you know whether everything he's saying is correct what is very clear is that the story is not some fairy tale anymore and 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 this will probably taint it forever what happened today whether whatever comes of this you know and my suspicion is you know if I'm the twoies I'm trying to get this thing settled and never mentioned again if I'm the twoies I would have done that a while ago yeah but- well and this feels like they you know like this doesn't feel like a move you do out of the blue because he did apparently no, I, from what I understand again this would be this would be, I'll make the assumption here what this seems like is this was brought to Mike's attention at some point probably brought it up I would presume that the twoies said, well, we're not going to really play hardball here. And then this leads to this. That's would be my assumption of how something like this happens. Mm-hmm. No. And, and well, what's interesting is, or was here uh, or was scheduled to be here. According to this Fox 13 story, he was, uh, he was scheduled to have a book signing on Saturday uh, at novel. Um, but it was, it was a book signing only, not a meet and greet. Meet, or yeah. A, like uh, there was no, they were not. He did not want media there. They were not. He was not doing interviews, things like that. Um, but he was here in town for a book signing at Novel on uh, on Saturday, according to. Well, I know. Like, I think he had a. I think he has a book. He had a book event in Oxford, uh, if not over the weekend, yeah. sometime last week. I, I presume he's doing a book tour. But this is a. This is now a big national story, and um, you know, ultimately. Um, <laughs> It, it could, it, it, you know, a lot of reputations are on the line here, it feels like. I mean, the other reaction that I had was the real book that needs to be done is the book on, like, that 2004 Briarcrest team with, like, Michael Orr, Greg Hardy, 
Hugh Freeze, Sean Tui, like that that entire like enterprise was that is like juicy reality show stuff. Mm-hmm. Like all of that. Yeah, and so we'll see. Hey, you know, the 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 truth is to be determined. I have no idea, but a lot of there's a lot of reputations on the line in that story. So um, we'll see how it uh, how it develops. Uh, all right, overreaction. Um, let's talk a little conference realignment. All right, because the are all eyes on Mike Oresco now. <sighs> well, it just depends what you want to believe. Like, do you want to believe? Um, well, I want an overreaction. Well, that's why I want to lead up to my overreaction because okay. you're not hearing a lot of the big time reporters reporting anything publicly about the AAC and the Pac-12. It's more about Stanford and what they're going to do, potentially maybe go independent if you look at the but then if you you know, if you go through the, you know, I guess what you want to call them this new age version of these you know, these Twitter reporters if you will, a lot of scuttlebutt out there about the AAC and the Pac-12 having discussions now um about providing, hey, listen, if no one else will take you you got a nice, you got a warm, nice warm home here in the AAC. We will take you with open arms, and hey, we'll even maybe concoct the like a schedule. We'll, we'll mold our schedule so you are to be not, accommodating to be accommodating for the realities of you know you're going to be on the West Coast, and you know the the furthest west we are is Tulsa, maybe Wichita State. Yeah, I'm always confused. Like, where's Dallas on a map? Is that yeah. is it west? And hey, you know, you can is get it. Houston west or east of Dallas? Houston, I think, is east, a little east, southeast. Okay, and I presume San Antonio's east too, because that's like closer to Austin. Yeah, probably. So I mean it's it's probably Wichita it's it's either Wichita, Tulsa. And they don't play football, so yeah. No. Tulsa or Dallas. Yeah. So it's uh you know, and they can they can you know, hey, you can play Navy and football. You'll like that. You're you know, you got a lot of people in DC. You can play we'll give you Navy every year. You'll be there, you know, like sure. You can get new we'll give you Navy and SMU every year. If that if you want to be in Dallas and DC, uh we'll make sure you're there. You know, like things like that. Yeah, and like I don't I don't know if there's I don't know if there's direct American flights from from San Francisco to Philly, but you know, we can put Temple on the schedule. I imagine we can get a direct somewhere. Mm-hmm. To Philly. Yeah. So it's uh my overreaction though would be it'd be probably it would it would be the um best move the AAC has ever made in conference realignment. I think that's probably fair. I think that's my overreaction. Because, but this would be the first time that it feels like the AAC. They're taken from someone a correct. little bit. Like, like hey, hey, we're going to get these scraps. Not you guys. We're getting these scraps. Well, and, you know, these these scraps maybe aren't desirable for the ACC, for the Big Ten. But it does feel like the Mountain West would take them. Yeah. yeah. Burn ends are still really good, Jeffrey. Correct. <laughs> I mean, listen. And again, like I have questions about Stanford's long-term impact as a football program, and I have like concerns with Cal. But like those are, and then you add in Washington State and Oregon State, like those do clearly improve the league 
if you were to add them, your league immediately gets better. I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I can't think of other ads that they've had where you go, the league is better. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, like, I'm trying to think, like, I mean, I don't, I didn't feel, I, they tried to spin a lot of the ads the last time, but like, I think that this makes their football product better. Yes. And I think it's just, you know, like Stanford is a internationally regarded university. Having that brand in your conference is going to be good. I guess the Um, the problem is it's like for how long? Like no, there, there's an element of that. Like, well, there's there's an element of that. There's an element of like you don't. Well, it'll be interesting to see how like Stanford, Washington State, Oregon State, um, Cal, how they adjust to, you know, like yeah, maybe maybe there'll be a slight bump in what the AAC receives if they get it. Maybe they go up to ten million. That's still like twenty million less than what they were getting from the Pac-12. Those schools and how are they able to support their programs? Now that they are not making thirty million dollars a year or thirty five, whatever it is, it was in the Pac twelve. Um, how are they going to support their football programs, their other programs that way? Right now on a reduced budget, they're not used to doing it. Like these schools in the AAC are, like they've, you know, like they're going to have to make. Welcome cu- to how we live. They're yes. going to have to make serious cuts. And what do their football programs, basketball programs, look like after those cuts are made um, to their new reality of the college? Sports world for them. Um, now, I still suspect a school like Washington State, Oregon State, certainly Cal, have like bigger endowments than even some of these AAC schools do at this point because they're big state universities, you know, land grant universities. I'm not positive about that. I'm just like, it's just, just my suspicion. Um, well, I mean, obviously, St- Stanford, I think Stanford has- is in a different category. They have like a, I mean, but like that's. Not necessarily. So you see, Berkeley's at six point nine billion with yeah, a B. Yeah, but like, I again, don't know what is Tulane? Again, that six point, just like with Stanford and Cal, like ninety eight percent of that money is like going towards non uh, non athletic stuff at those. Correct. Um, like, There's it, a reason why Stanford Cal's Cal, the best public school in the country, or among them every year, and Stanford's like, among the best. Cal's Cal had to of finance all, of all of them. Cal had to finance their stadium renovations, and like yeah. that has been a disaster. Yeah, it's still public school, Cal. Correct. You know, like ultimately, it's still public school. So, um, but nonetheless, um, I think it would be. It, listen, it's not ideal, but like I think, I think for instance, like, do you think the ACC, if if the reports are true, because the reports have come out, I, I don't know how much you talked about it. I'm sure you talked about it some last week. But those reports that basically the ACC fell like one vote short of taking Stanford and Cal. And that's where we're at. And that's why this, I think you're not hearing as much from the bigger bigger reporters about AAC Pac-12. Because ultimately it feels like Stanford and Cal are still kind of like, while yes, they're talking about the AAC. In their heart of hearts, they're still holding out their hopes that the ACC, maybe they can get that one. If they're truly one vote away. If you're in their shoes, you're trying to lo- – what you're really doing right now is trying to lobby so you can get that one guy over the fence because you would much rather be in the ACC. Right. I, that is – to me, it seems like the AAC threat is not being taken seriously because it seems like their belief is that while it's unlikely with the ACC, it's still not – the door hasn't been closed yet. Mm-hmm. That that seems to be the impression. And then you have 
tomorrow is the date in which if ACC schools are not going to, if they're going to leave before next football season, they have to notify the league by tomorrow. Mm -hmm. But it does also seem like the four ACC schools that are voting no on Stanford and Cal, they seem to be pretty adamant. Mm -hmm. It seems like they swung... It seems like they swung from five to four, but it didn't feel like there was much hope that of swinging another. Yeah. So. But I also think, like, this idea that Stanford's just going to go independent, like, that's not just something that you just announce. Like, you've got to get some kind of TV deal in place if you're going to do that. You've got to come up with a schedule. Like, Yeah. I'm sure they're exploring many op- many avenues right now because they're they, those schools are in a really well, really I mean, tough spot. It's one thing to explore many avenues. The question is, how many of those avenues are legitimate? Like you can announce that you're exploring all these avenues, but it's going to come down to probably what one or two options are going to be there for you. And to me, the question is, where does the AAC as an option actually fall for? Stanford for Cal, for Oregon State, and for Washington State. Because it seems to me that every time Stanford in particular has conversations with the AAC, they try to pick up the phone and call you know another league and beg them to take them. Yeah. But I'd be happy for Memphis. I, 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 would, I would be intrigued by Memphis-Stanford games, Memphis-Cal games, Memphis-Washington State, Memphis-Oregon State. Maybe over time... It would not be, it would prove, you know, like, who, I'm going to be honest. Whatever form the AAC is, a what's been proven out is whatever form the AAC is in now, chances are three to four years from now it'll look slightly different, at least. <laughs> you know, like, there'll be either be a team that's gone or teams that are added. Like, that seems to be the history, right? Like, after the first year, Louisville left. Then uh, I mean, to me, this would solidify the league standing as, yet again, here are more teams that are here because they have to be, but they don't really want to be. Um, yeah, but like that's, you know, that's kind of what it, like, let's just be real. It's the vibe right now. I mean, in fairness, that's how Arizona State I think feels Mike, in the Big 12. I give Mike Goresco a lot of credit. I think he handles all of that, that sentiment well. Like, I think he's embraced the fact that, like, listen, like, as long as they're spending money and committed while they're here. We're the like, world's biggest waiting room. Yeah, like, you know, this is, this, if is this is how it's got to be. ACC college football's waiting room. <laughs> college football's most exciting yes. waiting room. Okay. Most, most ex- diverse. Most diverse <laughs> waiting room. Um, <laughs> do we have an overreaction from golf before we get to Munns? Your observations? My overreaction was I think I like the playoff event more. Like, I, I say this. I like this playoff event compared to last year's playoff event when it was the top 125. I thought there was a little bit more juice with the top 70. Didn't it feel like it was a – it felt like it was more of a competition. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like you had as many guys just showing up and like, all right, well, I'll go get them next week in Chicago. My biggest overreaction is, though, is like, I just don't know if golf tournament third week in August is, like, the best for us. <laughs> because I get you just – I feel like – just you see, it like online, like it didn't also help that the guy that won the tournament, but they did a the championship same... in Atlanta. It's not like it's right. going to be any different two weeks from now in Atlanta, right? I'm still a little like that was the other thing. I was trying to think of like if you could pick the ideal date, because let's be clear, we don't have great weather here in Memphis. So what is the ideal? You know what? Way, you know what like, it should do. It, it re- like if you were to be, be a truth, it, like the ideal date would be to like. 
I don't know what form Memphis in May is going to take in the future because of all the, the barbecue con- fest date might be open. Yeah, it's all the controversy downtown. But doesn't it feel like it should be like you know? There's three weekends of things in during Memphis in May. You could just that could be like a fourth thing in Memphis, as part of Memphis in May. The you know the golf tournament and then but working out the working out like the because it, since it's in a different part of town than down you know like you don't need to, you know it's like. Sometimes with the with the music festival and the barbecue fest, it's in the same place, or at least it has been. Um, and uh, to be determined, yeah, to be determined. But it has been in the same place. Um, and this, you know, TBC Southland's on the other whole other side of town, so um, it will. Uh, well, like there's like the Wells Fargo date, but at the same time, I think they like being a playoff because if you talk to the tournament, there's some. There's a more there's a more uh, there's a bigger set of like corporate partners, if you will, corporate sponsorships that you can well, there pursue. Was one, there was one thing that clearly stood out to me on the ground Saturday. Mm-hmm. That is the most like corporate hospitality I've ever seen at this tournament. No, like that is they they feel over there that they can sell a lot more because they they can bring. There's a lot more potential uh, clients, if you will at a playoff event because you can sell it a little more regionally, nationally than than you could, say, the FedEx St. Jude Classic. Um, and uh, and even the World Golf Championship was, you know, like that brand didn't, like, I don't know, it didn't feel like that brand ever took hold, even though um, nationally, if you will. You know, like, outside, you know, in Memphis it was a big deal when it first came here because you got the best fields. Um, but, like, people in the golf world, like, WGCs, I, I don't know. Did people well, really view them? Because it was a weird format, ultimately, it felt like. Well, because, you know, according to Greg Norman, they stole his idea. And yeah. the, the tour, the, they never really, I feel like, developed into what they were originally set out to be, mm-hmm. which actually was, like, World Golf Championships. Like, they had one in Ireland, and then they moved it. Like, it's like three out of the four were here. The only one that was foreign was the China one, which was defunct, and then, you know, of course, if you have anything in China, then you're going to get the political backlash. I don't know. I just, overall, I just felt like we took a lot of strays, I feel like, on the internet streets for for something that we have nothing to do with. Like, yes, it's hot here in August. Yeah, that's true. Well, it was a, it was a fun time. And then t- it just didn't help that the guy that won the tournament looked to have legitimately the most severe case of swamp well, ass ever on record. I did an investigation on the 18th green. Let's talk about it with Jason Munns okay. about those pants that Lucas I, I got Glover an was up wearing. close look at two. Okay, um, we're gonna. Those ta- are not breathable. We are gonna talk about it next with Jason Munns, Tiger Basketball beat writer for the Commercial Appeal. You're listening to Giannotto and Jeffrey on 92.9 FM ESP. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Giannato and Jeffrey broadcast live from the Red River Toyota Studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. This hour of G&J is brought to you by the next generation 10G network. Only from Xfinity. The Giannato and Jeffrey Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. Jason Munz is the Tiger basketball beat writer for the Commercial Appeal. You can follow him on Twitter, at Munzley. Also, handled some of the Commercial Appeal coverage of the FedEx St. Jude Championship. Joins us each and every Monday on the program. Munz, what are we listening to? Great song called I Lost It from uh, the album Car Wheels on a Gravel Road. Lucinda Williams, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. I think this is the first time we've had Lucinda Williams on the show. I'm going to say it's probably a first. Oh, okay. The, unmis- the unmistakable Lucinda Williams. Fantastic. Mm. What prompted this? She- well, uh, the song's called I Lost It and kind of feels like what happened with Patrick Cantlay yesterday, mm. not 24 hours oh, ago. Okay, there you go. Okay. Yeah. What would you, uh, you make of the golf tournament? Um, we... We we were talking about when we uh, in our last segment uh, kind of ended it with the mystery of Lucas Glover's pants and mm-hmm. the swamp ass. Um, I mean, it was. Inc- I don't think I've ever seen something like that golf tournament or any sport. I don't think we've seen, have we seen that sort of in your face swamp ass before on a nationally televised sporting event. Well, that certainly is. Uh... A question. Um, <laughs> well, like well, it was I tough. Like Taylor Moore showed up in the all black, trying to be like, you know, these guys can't handle it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna rock the all black, and then he had to change shirts. No, I thought, I thought Hovland had the best outfit for the Heat. It was the all white. He went all white because it wasn't like super muddy anymore, so you could go, you could get away. Guys were afraid to go white after day one because of how muddy they got. Remember, like what yeah. Rom looked like, and so everyone was afraid to go white. But on that last day to battle the heat, Hovland think, went all this, white. I know it was like his Wimbledon. Glover's pants. Glover's pants were a tough scene. I still don't think anyone looked hotter than when Rom finished on eighteen yesterday. My guy looked. My guy looks. <laughs> I was there for that. Yeah, he looked spent. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like I was, I was following Lucas Glover on Friday, and his pants were as bad or worse on Friday to the point where, yeah, like, where, like he left. 18, like he started on 10 on Friday. He left 18 before the other two guys even were done and like sprinted to the clubhouse. And I thought for sure he was going in there to change his pants. He did not. I don't know what he did, but he, uh, he did not change his pants. Um, 
and you know, like uh, it didn't seem to bother him. Like he he's the winner. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was it was uh, it was it was really 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 hot. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's uh, I'm sure they don't those those guys don't deal with that kind of heat very often. Well, the other thing is, I felt like now almost everybody wears some type of like you know performance fabric. I stood behind Glover on Saturday. I mean, I was 10 feet from him. It looked like he was wearing, like, Dockers, like old-school, yeah. like, khakis. And I was like, "Yep, those bad boys are not going to so, breathe. So I did an investigation on the 18th green. I wanted to Important see. Work. I wanted to see what these pants were. Like, as in as in a, in a the least creepy way possible, figure out, like, what are these pants made of? Um, and you know what they, they you know what they looked like? They looked almost like beach pant material, like almost like a like a comfortable burlap, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know like what? Or something? Yeah, like something like a light, whatever, whatever you want to call that. Like it's like they seem like beach pants almost, if that makes uh-huh. sense. And it just that was a day for whatever, whatever linen. Ain't. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, maybe a little like linen. Yeah, linen maybe. Like it felt like that. Type. I'm sure it wasn't linen, but like. They just did. They were. It was very clear they were pants that were not going to soak up. We're not going to like shed water easily. You know, like uh, and they would so, retain it. Yes, yes. It was like almost like honestly, they were like material akin to like a paper towel a little bit, and it's like they were going to soak it all up. Well, it does make you wonder. Like, is and, yet again, and, is Phil right? Like, they got to just let the guys wear shorts. He was, this time. Of here's the year. what I would say though. Lucas Glover would have gotten if Lucas Glover wore that material shorts, the, he would have gotten been, yeah. swamp ass anyways. So like I don't know if shorts would have solved the issue here for Lucas Glover. And I'll and I'll say this: the other thing is if you go back and listen to his avail some of his like media availabilities because he did a bunch of them because he was leading after three of the four rounds. A lot of talk about laundry. Like he was not expecting. Remember he he went into the Wyndham Championship last like week, one eleven or far yeah. out of the mix. For the FedEx Cup playoffs, won the Wyndham and made it into the FedEx Cup playoffs. So basically, he's been like he's had he he basically says he has one week's worth of clothes, and he's been doing laundry at whatever hotel he's staying. Well, at. it seemed like a lot of guys did that because if you saw like Taylor Moore changed into like that pink shirt like at nine, mm-hmm. and that was clearly not the scripting. So I think that's what a lot of guys did. I think like they were just like washing stuff and wearing like because this was a Tiger move, Tiger. Like, I remember when Tiger was at Bell Reeve in St. Louis for that PGA, he would change his shirt, like, every three holes. It felt like guys were doing that this weekend. Had to. I mean, it, I mean, I wish I had brought a change of clothes <laughs> to the, to the, uh, yeah. to the, to the course because it was, uh, whew, it was something else. What do you think? What do you think? Do you think this is the best? Do you think they should? I don't think they really have an option to move the date of the tournament at this point. Like we don't know what the schedule is going to look like, but I I do think well, we don't they're going to the have a, beyond next year is going to look like. I think that's the yes, key. yeah no, but I mean like two three years from now we don't know what correct we don't the know what the future is going to look yes. like, and like there might not be a FedEx Cup playoff, right? That's not that necessary. Yeah, I, I'm curious. What do you, what do you think the best time of year is for the golf tournament moving forward? Oh man, I don't know. I mean, like if they had moved it, if they if they were if they, I mean, like what what's the high tomorrow? Like eighty one? Think the high tomorrow? Yeah, is like I, low, low that 80? always scares me though. Like when I see like we go from like one ten to seventy eight, it's like oh boy, oh boy, here come the storms. 
Yeah, well, yeah, no, that's true. I mean, the well, problem no, I is, like, say the, fall, the fall is a good time, but the problem is now, like, the way that they've changed the schedule, they've moved the fall back to not being a, a primo event. And so, like, yep. that's that's another question. I mean, yes, I do think there is a, a significant question of whether or not the FedEx Cup exists in its form, you know, in three years. Yes, I think that's a legitimate question. I think there's also a legitimate question of, like, is how – how involved is FedEx going to be? Because a lot of the executives that were key in focusing on golf, like some of those guys are not there anymore. Now, I do think that they really value the St. Jude relationship and whatnot, but, like, I don't know. What is what is FedEx's role with the PGA Tour, you know, if the Saudi money comes in? I, I have no idea. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of, lot of uh, stuff up in the air, a lot of unanswered questions about the, the, the way this tournament is going to be. Yeah, like uh, everything about the tournament. We but I do, I, I, I did get the sense, being there, being around PGA Tour folks, being around like some executives from the PGA, like Memphis is going to be fine in terms of like we're not lo- like whatever form the uh, Fed- the PGA Tour takes in the future with this if whenever or if this Saudi partnership goes through, like Memphis is still going to be in you know part of the mix, if you will. Um, and I think provided that FedEx is still a significant yeah. partner. Yes. I think that's right. a huge part of it. Yes. I, I mean, obviously that is. But I don't think, for instance, we talked about it a little bit. Like, what happens if the fact is, you know, the Saudis are giving more money than FedEx moving forward, which well, is mean, probably going to be the case. going to be the case. And, you know, part of the reason why Memphis gets such favored status is because FedEx gives more. Right now, FedEx gives the PJ Tour more money than anyone else, it appears. Yes. Um, and so. They're the title sponsor of, yes. Yes. And so, um, but I think, I just got the sense that, you know, the tournament is in a very healthy spot right now. Um, and, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was hot. But uh, and we had that lightning delay where there was no rain, and uh, you know apparently it was right on the edge of the. It's a, the there was a 15 mile radius around the course. Apparently, like if the if lightning is detected in any sort of any part of that, you have to pull people from the course. That's yes. the rule. It was quite the scene. Scene they had e- they were called evac vans. Yep. Um, and like just the. The like parade of them picking up the golfers off the course and then coming, you know, leaving in like caravan fashion it was almost like a presidential caravan. It yesterday. did feel like at that point yesterday, it's like, oh boy, this is going to finish on Monday. I we were scared, yeah, we, it, so. yeah in the media tent because the the radar kept saying there was going to be yeah. another batch at four that never actually appeared, which you know well, was fortunate. Well, I was thinking about this earlier today. Like, uh, how how much longer? How many? Do you think that we would have had to go to Monday had they gone to a second playoff? Probably not a second, but a third playoff hole. It would have gotten tough to finish, don't you think? As late as it was getting, as dark as it was kind of getting. Like- See, I thought the bigger concern of a Monday finish was if if multiple guys could have gotten to fifteen. If it was more like if you would have gotten yeah. like a four guy playoff, a four. If they playoff, had had to move it to eleven, that's where it would have gotten tricky because that would have taken time to yeah. move. Yeah. Well, then on top of that, like eleven's not really a great playoff hole because everyone ends up just firing to, like to the middle, like we saw it well, last this guy, year. I thought it was great last year. Guys kept hitting it in the water. They both hit it in the well, water because didn't they? Remember they were trying almost to, like they were trying to win it. Like yeah, it stri- is- yeah I like that. I actually liked the finish on 11. I kind of like that. I, I like 18's great too cuz 18 is a one I really that's a great hole. 
Well, um, 18 was key yesterday because you could tell, like, Cantlay decided to, to go for it and give himself, like, yep. he took off He took off. Well, more it, was, than, it was match play for one hole. It was like he went sure. for it, and then, then Glover when, was like, well, I can just go conservative correct. now. And then he put it in the middle. But, I mean, that was still – that's the other thing. It felt nonchalant, but the T-ball that, that Glover hit on 18, both in regulation and in the playoff, like those were those were tough shots, and like he just executed it. But I mean, really, it boiled down to like Lucas Glover's putter yesterday was just insane. Oh, it was it was he he went he went nuclear. I mean, yeah, he could have he could have faded so far back on thirteen and fourteen. On thirteen, he goes into the intermediate rough off the tee, and then into the primary rough on his second shot. Then he goes into the water on fourteen, but that putter saved. Butter saved him, and 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 the other. I wanted to bring up this question too. What do you think that Cantlay's tee shot on the playoff hole is still in the water if he if he if everything stays the same, but it's either Thursday or Friday with the with the uh, you know soft softer surface. Probably you know not. I mean? It probably would have hit and stuck. Now, I'll exactly. also though, I don't know. It felt like with it felt like yesterday the ball was flying. So maybe it doesn't carry as far on those others day because the ball felt like it was flying yesterday. But I mean the real deal, like to me, is it's all those putts that that Munns just mentioned. But then get it, you know he uh, Glover drives it left on seventeen, has to basically like pitch out, and then hits yep. another putt that looked like everyone was. Like, that was the other story yesterday to me. It's like nobody made putts except L- Lucas Glover. It felt like everybody was just like the the Glory just, made a putt on eighteen, and he was like, "Okay, he you, he literally was like, I cannot believe this is got, when I hit a putt." Y'all got the full what I've gone through for like the last ten years experience yesterday, where Rory does like nothing wrong, but it's just like if you can buy one putt, it feels like it changes everything. And I mean, it was a bogey free sixty five, and you're like, it felt like he just did nothing, and he shot sixty five. <laughs> All right, so yeah, he was. Go ahead, go ahead, Mons. No, 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 you're good. I, I, I was just gonna say it, ne- it never felt like it never felt like Rory was about to punch through. No, it felt like he was kind of just teetering on the edge the whole the whole day. When he didn't get up and down for birdie on 16, well, it, really, it's like when he didn't put it in the fairway on 16, you're like, oh boy. And then when he didn't get it up and down, and then Cantlay made the easy two putt birdie. Mm-hmm. All right, Jeffrey, Munns wrote about this, and I asked you at, at the beginning of the weekend, right. should Lucas Glover be on the Ryder Cup team, given how hot he is? And I felt, like, I felt like your answer was changing somewhat after how he won yesterday. And it was very clear his answer is changing. When Munns asked him, asked him about it a couple days ago, he kind of ho-hummed it, was like, oh, that's nice that people are saying that. And then yesterday... He made it clear, like he he wants in on that U.S. Ryder Cup team. He thinks he should be a wild card pick. I mean, to me, it's my my immediate answer is let's see how the next the next he's got to win two more. Not necessarily win two more, but like, <laughs> is this like this is a real thing? Sometimes you change putters and you look at something different, and it's not sustainable. Lucas Glover has legitimately never putted like this in his entire career. Is this just an example of he's now found a technique that works and all of a sudden a guy that has always been a very good ball striker, all of a sudden now he's, like, finding new form? Well, if that's the case, sure. But, like, I kind of want to see it on, you know, he played similar greens these last two weeks. Like, what does it look like when he goes to Chicago and is pointing on bent? What spots are up for grabs? Because you got 
Scheffler and Wyndham Clark are in. They're locked in. They're definitely going now at this point, apparently. And I think Harmon and Brooks. No, well, according to the website right now, only two that are. Uh, you get six points, guys. Yes, but the only two that are guaranteed, like they can't fall out of it, um, is Scheffler and Clark. Then you got Cantlay, Harmon, Kepka, and now Homa is in the top six, guaranteed a spot as of today. Shoffley fell two spots this week. Um, yeah, but he's in the click. He's fine. Um, you've got then the next six. So those six as of today would be guaranteed a spot. Then you got Shoffley, Spieth, Cameron Young, Colin Morikawa, Bradley. Then you got the live. You got the live guys. Obviously, Deshambo. The, the only way the live guys make Justin it is, Johnson. The only way live guys make it is if, if they get automatics. I don't think they're even going to get picked. You got Sam Burns, Ricky Fowler, Justin Thomas, Denny McCarthy, Lucas Glover is sixteenth in the Ryder Cup thing. Who's your six? Who's your other six? If we're gonna have Lucas Glover, so you're gonna you're gonna give Shoffley as of today, you'd give Shoffley and C- this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 